So, uh, last week was uh, opening day for the new priest. And uh, my sister, who lives in Goodyear with her family, came to the nine and uh, brought my two nieces. I have two nieces and a nephew. She brought the, the two nieces. And um, when they came out to see me, you know, I'm expecting some love. <laughs> and uh, I should know better. And my sister says, you preach too long. <laughs> and my oldest niece, the, uh, the adult, I think she's 19, she said, yeah, you preach too long. And then Gabby, who actually loves me, um, the little one, I said, did I preach too long? She said, no. She just likes to hear Uncle John preach. Um, okay. So yes, or last week rather, I explained the, the Holy Spirit, so I'm sure you're completely clear there. <laughs> I'll recapitulate a little bit of that. Uh, but today we have um, the solemnity of, of the Holy Trinity. So it's my job in 10 minutes or less to explain God. <laughs> it's going to go great. Um, it's going to be awesome. All right, so what I want to do again, you know, anytime we're talking about the divine mysteries. The reason we call them mysteries is not because we can't know anything. It's because we can't know everything. But there are things, some things we can know. And the first thing I want to, but before I start uh, trying to explain uh, the Father and the Son, is um, to just make a, a note about one of the objections that you will often hear, which is that, well, how can how can we even believe in God because, after all, science cannot prove God's existence? And so that conflict between faith and reason, uh, which is really not a conflict. And the thing I want to say, without getting into philosophy of science, is that science cannot study God. It cannot. It's outside of its orbit. Anytime a scientist says, well, you know, science says this or that about God, you should say, you know what, stick to your field. You don't study God. You study things that exist in this world. You study phenomena, as it were. You don't study those things which are outside of this world. You cannot through the methods of science. So the first thing I just want to say is that um, there's not really, there ought not be really a conflict there because science just simply cannot do theology and cannot study that which exists outside of created reality. They can't do it. All right? It's antithetical to its mission. So when, you know, when I start talking about theology, I'm talking about something which science really cannot enter. Now all the scientists here are mad. Well, hopefully not. Okay. So from all of eternity, which means, you know, from infinity, from from the, you know, before the beginning of time. It's even difficult to say what, what the, or use the right words to describe eternity. But from all of eternity, God has existed. And what I want to share with you is sort of the traditional understanding of how do you get to, we'll, we'll go to three later, how do you get to two? How do you get to father and son? How do you get from... Uh, the uncreated God to the second person of the Trinity who is generated from the first person. Now, by the way, 
Just so you know, here's another caveat for you. If none of this, if you don't like any of this, just hold on because at the end I'll tell you why it matters. So if you don't like any of this stuff, just, just tune me out for a while. Because, like, you never do that in a homily. <laughs> and I'll get to you a little bit later. But for those people like me who kind of like this stuff, I'm just going to lay it out. All right, so have you ever had the experience of reading a book? And you read and you read and you read. All of a sudden, your mind wanders. And, and you collect yourself as you're reading... You collect yourself as you're thinking about something else and go, what was I just reading? And you're still kind of reading, but you're also reflecting on yourself. In other words, you can see yourself doing the reading, almost like in the third person. Or have you ever had the experience of, uh, I'm sure you have, of being in a conversation, let's say you're at a party you don't really want to be at, or a get-together, and you're talking with somebody you don't really want to talk to, and you're thinking, and you're talking to them in the moment, and you're thinking, how do I get out of this? <laughs> and you're seeing yourself talking. You're, you're almost witnessing yourself, but you're conscious of doing it. Do you, does that make sense? You've had that? Okay. This idea that we can actually observe ourselves doing something and be sort of apart from that. All right, this is one of the ways that we, we sort of want to understand how God the Father and God the Son exist. That from all of eternity, God the Father has an idea of himself, just like we have an idea of ourselves. He has an idea of who he is. Right? The difference is that if God has an idea, just like last week when I talked about, you know, God loving, God is love. If God has an idea of himself, he doesn't, like us, have an imperfect idea of ourselves. Right? We have an idea of ourselves, and it's usually, it's, it's usually not completely accurate. Sometimes somebody will even say something, well, no, this is actually how I see you, this is how I think you are, and you, that comes as a total shock or surprise. Right? Sometimes our self-image or identity or, or self-knowledge is incomplete. Often it is. But with God, it can't be. God's idea about himself is perfect. It has to be. Because anything God does, he does perfectly. Anything God is, he is perfectly. So if God has this idea of himself, it is perfect. And because it's perfect, it has, like I said last week, it has being and existence. So from all of eternity, the Father exists and also has this image of himself. Right? Because it's perfect. And that's why you wouldn't have more than one. You wouldn't need more than one. He's perfect. God only needs to understand himself, if you will, or have an idea of himself. One idea of himself. Because it's perfect and complete. Okay. So this is the way in which St. Thomas Aquinas and the tradition get to a bit of an understanding of how there could be a father and a son. Is this idea of that God has of himself. You know, the Gospel of John, it's put forth uh, as the Word. That the Son is the Word that is spoken by the Father throughout all of eternity. And so, if you have, then, two in one, then you say, well, what else do we know about God? God is love. 
All right, so that means, therefore, God loves this image of himself. How could he not? Because love itself is a perfection. So God loves himself perfectly. And even since this idea of himself has, has actual existence, it can love the Father back. And so now you, know, you, you no longer have just two in one, but you have three in one. Because the love itself that exists between the Father and the Son is perfect and has being. That's how you get from one to two to three. Now that you completely understand God. Now look, if this isn't helpful, it's fine. But I think it's important to make an attempt to just sort of rationally look at it and say, okay, well, that clearly does not explain God completely, which, as I said at the outset, is impossible. But it gives us a bit of an understanding of how it might be, how God might be, or how God might exist, coming from the most, one of the most intelligent men to ever be alive, St. Thomas. And, of course, it follows in the tradition of St. Augustine, who was you know, a pretty smart guy, too. Now, why does this matter? Because that's really the important thing. Why does it matter? And how can we know that this is who God is? Well, firstly, since we cannot study God like a scientist studies things, about all we can go on is what, what we believe God has said and how he has revealed himself. So in other words, these ideas about God, you know, the Father has an idea and that idea is perfect and, and they love each other and stuff, that all comes after, after the saints and the great theologians have received what God has said. So we believe that God has spoken about who he is. Right? Throughout the scriptures, God is pretty clear about himself as Father, that he sent his Son. The Son is pretty clear. The Father and I are one. And the Father's going to send the Spirit, and everything that I have, the Spirit has. And, the, and everything that I have comes from the Father, right? I mean, so what happens then in the early church is they begin to look at this and they say, okay, well, how, does, how do we make sense of it? And that's where you get the theology. But when you just go back to the Scriptures, God is clearly revealing himself as a trinity. You might say, well, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't complete, completely make sense to me. It doesn't necessarily have to. The question is whether or not we can trust the scriptures. Can we trust God? Can we trust that he's the one who has spoken and reveals himself? Can we trust the experience that we have individually of God? In other words, in, in a moment of prayer, in a moment of reflection, in a moment in nature, in a moment of, of love with, with your beloved, there can even be an experience of God. In a moment of, of an experience of beauty, there can be an experience of God. If we can trust that revelation, then we can move on to the more difficult things. If we don't trust that revelation, well, you probably shouldn't come back next Sunday. <laughs> Because it, it doesn't make sense to continue to be a Christian if we don't trust the revelation. If we don't believe that God has revealed himself, then it's going to be pretty hard to be, continue to be Christian. 
But if we can trust Christ, which is where he always points us to, he always points, him, points us to himself, trust me, if we can trust Christ, if we can open ourselves up to Christ and receive what he's saying to us and what he said throughout all of history, then we can get to an understanding or an acceptance of God as Trinity. Okay, last point. Now you can wake up if you were bored. <laughs> it's everybody. They're just waking up. <laughs> Holy cow, this new guy. All right. All right. Um, why does it matter? Well, Jesus says in the gospel that everything that's his, you know, is given to the Spirit, and everything that's his, he got from the Father. So the Spirit is going to give us everything from God. This is our inheritance. I mean, really, the scriptures. Um, if you read them and understand them in a particular light, are about how God creates these people and loves them and is faithful to them, even though these people continue to disobey and then repent and come back. God continues to love them. No matter what they do, no matter how far gone they might get, He stays faithful to them. And we see it in the Old Testament through the New Testament. And hopefully we see this in our lives. It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter what we have done. It doesn't matter the sins we've committed. It doesn't matter if, if you're the, the good Catholic or the bad Catholic. I have a saying, we're all bad Catholics. Just trying to do a little bit better. You know, this is a place for people who know where to find their salvation where to find their grace, to have assistance through life. God never fails us. And what he offers us is everything that he is. He offers us his being. That's why it's important to understand God is this, this uh, you know, three persons uh, all together in, in love, you know, this, this uh, existence of love and sort of a, a familial, it's kind of a family. The Trinity, to understand God in this way, that what he offers us is his very self. He can't give us anything else that's better. God is perfect, right? God is absolutely perfect. He cannot offer us a better gift than himself. And what he desperately wants to share with us now, through the sacraments, through his grace, is a part of that. And ultimately, what he wants to share with us is all of it for all of eternity. And so the, the Trinity is rightly called by the church, you know, the, the most important mystery, the foundational mystery of our Catholic faith. Because it tells us the point of it, the point of life and existence, creation. God did the whole thing, all of it, so that he could give us everything that he is and we could enjoy that forever. Please stand.